This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. love about harvest is we try to be intentional uh, and trying to stay young trying to stay young that's uh, a challenge at times and the thing about harvest too it's 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 more than a, a place to belong according to Ephesians 2:20 that's been some of our model on some of our t-shirts through the years talks about you belong and we do we belong in God's household but it's also a place to become and that's the equipping part and that's been the passion in my heart my wife's through starting this church almost 20 years ago. And so the heart of the church is to equip, to equip believers to do the work of the ministry. And, and uh, you know, every, you know not, not everyone up here is called to preach and teach and, and minister. I remember just spending some time with my, my daughter and, and, and she's uh, destiny. She has to prepare a message. They've asked her to speak at a conference, a women's conference. And she goes something like along the line, yeah, I don't know how you do it. It's so much pressure. You just have to do that every Sunday, day in and out for, for decades. Yeah, it's a challenge. And so all of you who've already been, done the three by 10, you're going to be really shouting amen for these people up here. <clears throat> and it's really a benefit to me because then pretty much all of you in a few years will be doing a three by 10 and you'll just be shouting amen because you know what it's like to be behind this pulpit. <laughs> See, uh, only a few of you have done it so far, but... You'll understand. But, but you know, uh, uh, every, everyone has a story. Everyone has a gift. And, and that's what we want to hear. We want to hear what God is doing and how he's working in and through their lives. Amen. Um, I heard this once. Life's best opportunities are within a window of time. And I thought about that and that, that, you know, there are, there are certain times and seasons that God wants to take advantage of those opportunities. And <clears throat> it's just like Valentine's Day. How many of you know that when it comes Valentine's Day, nobody hands you roses that are fully bloomed? <laughs> right? They, you want to get them when they're, they're closed. They're what they call in the unfolding stage. Well, that's the same thing in our lives when past the test of time means, what is that? We seize those opportunities of a lifetime when that window is open. Someone once said that life is God's gift to me. What I do with it is my gift to God. And that's what we're going to hear today. God's gift through them and what the Lord has done. So um, they're, they're each going to have 10 minutes. <clears throat> and then they're going to hear a little bell. A little bell. Thank you. <clears throat> and, and so, so I want you to encourage them today. Uh, I want you to shout the amens, give them the big applause, and, and as they speak, encourage them. And you know, as we sow into other people's lives, I mean, no, we receive also, amen. And so, so uh, with that, I want to introduce to you Katie Zisman, Caleb Gergman, and Chris Wagner. Let's give it up for them as Katie goes. All right, I want everyone to close your eyes, take in your surroundings. What are you hearing? What's God saying to you? Okay, I need you to open your eyes because I only have 10 minutes and I get to watch it count down. Um, but now that you've opened your eyes, 
your perspective has shifted, all because you're able to use a vital part of your body. Now, I could ask you to do the same thing with your arm, your leg, any sorts of things. Now, my husband, before I met him, I hopefully could have told you that you had a spleen in your body, but I couldn't have told you much more beyond that. He, on the other hand, could have told you that a spleen's part of your immune system and it's an essential part, but you can live without it. Um, But it does make it harder to fight off viruses. So even the spleen, a part of the body that you don't even see, it has a specific role and function. And it's always just doing its job. I don't even have to say to it, hey, spleen, are you doing your job? I don't even think about mine. It's just there and it's doing it. And sometimes we can take that for granted. Sometimes I can take my body parts for granted, like my knees. If I'm out for a run, you better believe if my knee starts hurting, I am hyper aware that I want my knee to work how it should. Um, And I'm saying all of this because I see that the same is true within the church. Because my church is a body. And God has created the church to be a unified body working together. So where does it even say this in the Bible? So we're going to jump, if you've got iPhones, Bibles, all the above. 1 Corinthians 12.12. For just as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. Then jump down to 24. It says, God has blended together the body, giving greater honor to the lesser member, so that there would be no division in the body, but the members would have mutual concern for one another. If one member suffers, everyone suffers with it. If a member is honored, all are rejoicing with it. See, God created us for community, and we've heard that over and over. And even just what Miriam was saying, like, you got to get off your phone to be able to see each other. And, okay, I've got a little side plug. So this fall, freedom groups are coming, and they're a way you can live this verse out because we're going to be meeting weekly, and we're going to be getting together, and ours is going to have childcare and really good food, so you won't want to miss out. And we have them all throughout the week. So if you don't come to ours, just get involved because in order to know when someone's struggling, you've got to see them. You've got to be able to see their eyes and just be with them in it. And the cool thing, too, is then as you're praying alongside of them, you get to participate and celebrate with them when the breakthrough comes, because it will come, because God is faithful in that. And I have seen my church do this. Just this last week, my husband's sweet grandma died, and it was just amazing to just see how everyone just took their place in their own unique way. There were those who sent flowers and those who just listened and those who gave the hug and even the ones who just lightened the mood with a little joke. (laughs) Everyone's got that spot and it's so helpful. And I even saw it with my kids. There were those who were playing with my kids like McKenna and Caitlin. They just jump in and help out with the kids. And I'm just so thankful for that. And at church, I see it too. It's like, I need Jerry Witt in the back, giving my kids high five and telling Asher all about his motorcycle. And I need Diane Middendorf. I love it because she's so tall. She gets down on their level. And let me tell you, preschoolers have super detailed, long stories. And Diane listens to all of it because she sees them. And not only that, what I love is that my church, they're not a res- we're not a respecter of persons because my church sees that kids, they're already part of this body. They're already praying. They're already encouraging. I remember Caitlin and Miriam, they were back in Harvest Kids with me. They were singing. They were leading worship. Caitlin was telling me, I want to be like Lauren. I want to be up on stage. And now she's up here too. She's 
participating in her part of the body. And we all get to play a part. And so 1 Corinthians 3.8, we're going to jump there. It says, the one who plants and the one who waters work as one, but each will receive his reward according to his work. So I'm going to dive into the Greek here because I love words. And Rick Renner, he goes into this in his book, The Sparkling Gems. So the word one here is like hen, as in like a chicken, a hen. And he says that in this context, it actually means one in purpose, one in aim, or one in being... in terms of being on the same team and having the same goal. And the part that stuck out to me here really was about having the same goal. Because when we all have the same goal, we're going the same way, it strips comparison of its power. We're no longer fighting against each other. We're no longer trying to win. I'm not, trying, I'm not up here trying to have the best three by 10. I'm cheering these guys on because their success becomes my success. And my success becomes their success. And it's not highlighting anything I lack when they win. Instead, we're all winning together. Competition isn't a thing because we're all going the same way. We all want to advance the kingdom of God together. And in order to do that, we need to be a unified body. We need to be working together and encouraging each other. But I want to talk about the enemy for a second because he comes in here and he tries to isolate us, just like Mike said. He tries to separate us, and he tries to get us to believe these lies that, okay, they don't really need me at church. Oh, they've got two people in nursery. Do they really need three? Or did anyone even notice that I picked up the trash? Nobody told me thank you. Is it really worth it? And I've been there. Has anyone else been there? I've been there. I've bought into those lies. And I just want to tell you today that Those lies, they are a lie because your part in the body, you are needed and you are celebrated and lies don't bring any good fruit. And I'm going to give you a little extra plug. So in our house, I heard this from Lisa Max and it lines up with what I've learned in counseling. So our bodies actually hold on to emotion and you need to actually do something physical to get it out. So if you've got like a belief or a lie, you actually, you can take a plate, you can go smash it. It helps release that lie. And so when my kids start lying or if they start saying, I can't do it, I tell them we are gonna kick that lie and actually have them, I have them kick it, I have it stomp on it, you throw it down, we cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But there's a second part because I can kick lies out all day. I can do that all the time, except I need to do the second part. I need to jump right back in and speak the truth. Because Ephesians 4 says, but practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ who is the head of the body. And from him, the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body grows in love. Because my church, we are about speaking the truth. And I thank God that we have a pastor who does not compromise the truth. He speaks the truth and he diligently seeks God for the truth. And when we are founded on that truth, that's when we're able to work together more effectively. And I just thank God that as we are unified, we are able to bring him more praise and glory and honor. Specifically, 1 Peter 4 says, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies. It's not our own strength. 
It's when I'm weak, God is strong, so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, God is glorified when we're acting in our gifts in the body. Ephesians 2.10 says, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, and before we are even born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. Because we each have a part to do, and I can't do your part, and you can't do mine. And the really cool thing is that there's more than enough room for all of us. Did you know when you're born, you actually have 270 bones in your body? And that doesn't even begin to count the organs, the muscles, the ligaments. And they're all unique, and they all have a part. But see, if you start stop using your muscles, you're not able to be as active. If I stop using my legs, if I stop running, I can't run as far next time. I have to start over. And it makes it that much harder to do the work and jump back in. But God is faithful to say, no, step back in. I've got a spot for you. Just like the song was saying, I loved it. It said, there is a place for you in my Father's house. There's a place for you in this body that God has created. And Sometimes we don't know what our place is. And so I just encourage you, ask others. Say, hey, what do you see in me? Do you think I should go on a mission trip? Do you think I should serve in nursery? And just try things. Because your part is needed in the body. And not only do we get to be there, but we're celebrated there. There we go. morning. All right. Um, The title, My Church. When I got the email that that was the title, I've just pondered the title for a long time. And I thought, Lord, have I told you how grateful I am for my church? I really am grateful. And I just thought, have I been telling you? And so lately when I've been going for walks, I've just been thinking about how proud I am of my church. When I say my church, it's like I'm talking about my kids or my parents. It's, it's, it's mine, in it, and I belong there. Um, I couldn't be more proud or appreciative of being connected in a church. It's been a family. It's been a home to me, and it's really been a lifeline um, throughout my walk with the Lord. The first month or so of, of coming to a, a live spirit-filled church. I couldn't even believe it was for real. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I wept like every week in worship that these songs could impact me the way they did and just move. And I could feel the presence of God and experience that for the first time. I couldn't get over that. It overwhelmed me. The love of God just overwhelmed me. So I'm really passionate about the local church. It has been life-changing for me. Um, We can absolutely grow as we read our Bible and renew our mind at home and listen to podcasts. I love doing that, and I... It's a daily discipline. It's important. I'm not saying that. We, but as we renew our mind, you need a place to practice it and put it to work. And so... Um, and do life with people. Who do you want to raise your kids with? I want to raise my kids in a place where we're all um, unified, running the same race with the same goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... 
I think it's important to choose wisely where you do decide to go to church. What is church to you? It's, um, is it a place where it's bearing fruit? Are your kids going to thrive? Is your marriage going to grow? Is it a place where your pastor equips you? Last night I was like, ah, this equipping thing, you know, it was really brutal. But anyway, it's good. I will seize the opportunity to grow and be obedient. But thank God, all right, that he's not the only one who, um, you know, thinks he's the only one who can share the word or operates in the gifts. They equip us all to do it. And it takes all of us, as Katie said. Um, You know, growing up, my parents did the best they knew. And I did go to church sometimes. Um, It's just that, as I said, I didn't experience that presence of God, that um, learning and hearing truth. It was just pieces. Um, So when I'm talking about the church in in my seven minutes, I'm talking about the people that belong here. I'm also talking about the facility, the building itself, and the ministries it offers. So the building matters. I'm just going to say that, okay? I'm super excited about what's coming ahead. This is just a little side note, but we've been um, checking into different orthodontist offices, and I decided the other day that the building really matters. And if I'm going to spend 18 months going to the orthodontist, I went into this one, and it just had a really great feel. And there was LaCroix waters for me and maybe a coffee the next time I come. But the office was really cute, and it really gave me good energy. I'm like, all right. This is where we're going to spend the next 18 months getting braces and, and visiting. So I think the building matters too. And I'm thankful that, that they value that. We don't have the same decor that we had 20 years ago. Praise God. All right. Anyway, the church is where I learned that I'm a child of God. And as we sing the songs, it's funny because I was singing this song this morning on a walk and then we sang it in church today. But I was saying that for a long time that I'm a child of God. As you sing it and sing it, you start to believe it about yourself. You start to realize, I am a child of God. Um, That I'm not forsaken. That I'm blameless. I'm chosen. I learned in church that I'm a daughter to the king. And in church is where I learned, oh, this is how a daughter of the king acts. Oh, this is how a daughter of the king dresses and talks. I learned that in church. And so um, I should back up a second. It wasn't until I was 22 years old that I learned um, and experienced that that presence of God for the first time and became a Christian. So, um, yeah, that's where I learned it. I've learned um, a lot from the great sermons that Pastor Mike has preached and my old pastor preached. There's a lot of growth that happens Sunday by Sunday in those sermons. But honestly, for me personally, most of the growth and change that I've experienced has happened in Bible studies or babysitting people's kids or going on that trip or helping paint this, helping sand the beams of the Destiny Center. Different things that just needed to be done. And standing alongside other people and people in the church just loved on me and they poured their life into me. They would invite me along when they were going to do something. Come along with us. Um, They gave me responsibilities and they gave me opportunities to grow. I would go to prayer group and sit and watch these women pray and how they would pray scripture over their issue and watch how, oh, the next week they would come and talk about the testimony of how, how God did move as they prayed. I learned to pray going to prayer, um, to that prayer group. And, and I was 22. These ladies were in their 50s, 40s. 
uh, but I was desperate to know what it looked like. Um, I learned by watching them, I learned how to parent. Oh, when I become a parent someday, this is how they, they um, are a Christian mother. So I learned those things. I learned at prayer how to um, expect and wait for a godly husband. And wait, and wait. Um, um, anyway, I learned um, through being at church to, um, I just started developing God's heart for people. His heart for people just started filling my heart. Um, and as I became more free, I wanted that for everybody I knew. I wanted everyone to experience the truth of God and for everyone to experience the presence of God. And so I started stepping out and getting a little bolder, a little bolder, signing up for things that I would never dream of doing to grow in him. And really, um, the whole book of Ephesians talks about the purpose of the church, if you want to study that. Um, I had been studying that. The purpose of the church is, is to be united and be imitators and be a light to the world. And I just started stepping out in those things um, as the love of God would just, just kind of bubble out and overflow. I learned in church how to be content in that weight. I learned in church how to mature in my faith. And finally, I met and married a godly man. Praise God. I didn't know they existed. Um, But they do. And we made it our norm. Like, once we got married, how do we do this? We're going to find out in church, watching other healthy couples grow in their marriages. Um, we started serving together. We stayed connected. It wasn't even a, I mean, I knew before I married him, that was the deal. We would be people that are church people, right? Um, So in the church, I also have witnessed the gifts of the Spirit flowing through people. I've been prayed over so many times. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. I've been healed, helped, freed by people. Um, but I also had to step up and come up. I've been prophesied over when I was desperate for direction or confirmation from the Lord. Um, and not just by the pastor, by different people. Filled with the Holy Spirit, with that wonderful evidence of speaking in tongues and having that personal heavenly language with God. I'm so thankful that the church provided those opportunities for me to be water baptized, to bury the old and come up clean and fresh and new. Amen? So awesome. Um, in the church, I also have found lifetime friends that I can call morning, noon, or night, and they would be there for me, and I would be for them. Um, they will pray. They will speak wisdom into my life. If I'm kind of getting wayward, they'll pull me back and get on track, you know, and that is um, something I'm super grateful for. One of my greatest desires is for my sons to flourish in their callings and their giftings and serve in a church and be connected with your families and um, Christian families and be on that same mission. And the best way I know to teach them that is to model it. To model it for them. It's not always easy. It's usually not convenient. Um, We have jobs. Sometimes they're on the weekend. We have sports. We have trips. All the things contending for our time, we all do, right? But we've always just made it a priority. How much, you know, if we sign you up for this, what will that cost us church-wise? How many tournaments are on a Sunday? Or if we do this vacation, can it end on Saturday? I mean, that's just a priority to us. Because I don't know if you've had to miss a few, but even though I stay filled up during the week, it's just not the same if I don't come on a Sunday. So I don't like to miss more than one, two in a row is, is tough for me. I don't like it. But... Anyways, 
prioritizing coming to church is huge for us. I want them to be exposed to the things of God all the time. I want them in the presence of God no matter what. They, they go to a public school. It's crazy, right? People are lost. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Okay, so anyways, I'll stop. Ah, let me just end with this one thing. Because of the power of Christ and the powerful church that has demonstrated truth and love to me, I can proudly say I'm a first-generation believer. I'm a first-generation college graduate, and I'm a first-generation to stay married in my family. Praise God. Good morning, church. And there it is. All right. I get that stress there. Uh, well, I'm excited and I'm honored to be able to share the love of God with you and what he's been doing in my heart uh, this morning. Uh, just a little bit about myself. If you don't know me, my name is Caleb Gergen. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been raised in this church, and this church has such a special place in my heart because it's a powerful church. This is a church that's affected my life in such a great way, and I love this church. If you're here this morning and you're looking for a church to go home, this is a great place. I love this church. Uh, but the two, past two years, I've been away at school in South Dakota. I've been working on getting my bachelor's degree in business economics and working with the Air Force. And I'm about to start my third and my final year there. And I'm so excited to move on to this next new season. But I'm thankful for the time I've had there. Uh, but it's really cool looking back. So I'm still a young guy, uh, only about 20 years old. And looking back, I've been able to trace the hand of God and his favor in my life. And I can trace it back to single moments, actually, where I've been obedient in the church or where people in this church have been obedient and how it's impacted my life and how it's affected my life. And there's so many people that I can point out here, uh, but I'm just going to stick with a few. Uh, first of all, Pastor Mike and Rhonda. This church is a church that was founded on obedience. Pastor Mike and Rhonda had a call on their lives. They had a call on their marriage, and they were obedient. And because of that, my life has been changed. And the lives of these people in these nations have been impacted, right? We are a church that's been impacting the nations. And I believe that there's some flags that are missing from here, that there's still going to be some that are coming in the future, right? Another couple that's really impacted my life are Kim and Joel Botain right there, and their whole family, actually. Just the way that they've poured out their heart to me on a daily basis when I was in the youth group, when I was a high school student. Even today, Kim sent me a message this morning, and I was... It's, just, it's awesome how they've impacted my life. And because of that, my life has been transformed and I'm able to go and affect other people's lives, right? It changes when you're obedient. It's like a ripple effect, right? When you're obedient, it goes on to the next person who then goes on to the next person who then goes on to the next person, right? Uh, last, I'm going to end with my parents. I'm so blessed that I don't have one parent that's attending church. I have two parents that have been faithfully attending church. And they made a decision when my sisters and I were younger that we were going to be the family that on Sunday morning, oh my gosh, I'm already at seven and a half minutes, on Sunday morning, we were going to be in church, right? And because of that, I got to learn how to hear God's voice. I got to be in the presence of God. I got to know uh, those around me that would grow me, right? And my life has been changed. My life has been changed and that my God is not my parents' God anymore. My God is my God, right? That's my God, Okay. And just a little side note real quick. If you are kind of attending church every once in a while, if you've got kids and you're like, I got to get them plugged into the community, get into the church, okay? Because 
The church is powerful. The local church is powerful. And you have to get plugged into the church. You are not meant to go through this life alone. And you need to be in the church, all right? Somebody need to hear that. I don't know who it was. But I'm a living testimony to the power of the local church and the power of people being obedient. And this morning, as I was kind of praying and saying, like, God, what do you want me to tell them? The topic was my church. And the message I felt like God was telling me is that my church is obedient. And that is so awesome, you guys. You don't even understand how awesome that is. Obedience is the most powerful thing that you can do as a Christian. Because when you are obedient, you look at God and you say, God, I'm here, I'm your hands and feet. Send me, and he'll use you as his hands and feet. How awesome is that, right? And it puts you in that position to say, here I am, send me. And God doesn't have to use us, guys. But he chooses to, right? How awesome is that, that the creator of the universe looks at you and goes, I want you. I'm not going to send my angels. I'm going to send you, right? That is so awesome. And, but you can pass that by. You can say, God, I don't want to do that. Send somebody else. And he will. He's a gentleman, right? But I don't want to be the guy that says, I'm not going to do that, God, because I'm too scared. I'm not, I'm not going to do that, God, because imagine what people are going to think about me. I'm not going to do that, God, because I want to be the guy that's like, okay, God, you want me to do it? I'm going. Let's do it. And let's see what happens. My job is to trust you and be obedient, right? And that's so awesome because when you're obedient, it brings a lot. I'm going to touch on a few things just for the sake of time because I'm already halfway done. Oh my. But obedience brings a couple things, right? The first thing it brings is blessings. Uh, James 1 verse 25, it says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, acting on it, they will be blessed in what they do. When you are obedient, God is a faithful God, and he'll honor you in that obedience, right? And the the thing about God, too, that's awesome is he's a giving God. When you're obedient in your marriage, when you're obedient in your your tithes and your offering, your finances, when you're obedient in your work, when you're obedient for the call that God has in your life, whatever it is, God is faithful in that. And his returns are tenfold for that. His returns are more than you can imagine. I look back at my life, and there's moments in my life that I'm like— how God, like, in that moment, I was stressed out. I was freaking out. And now I look back and I'm like, it could have only been through that moment of, uh, what are you doing, God? What's going on here? That would have been where I'm at now, right? Uh, the second thing obedience brings is life and fulfillment. Ephesians 2, verses 6 through 7, it says that God will pay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence, persistence, right? Uh, in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give them eternal life. When you're obedient to church, when you're obedient to the voice of God, things start to make sense. Things start to align in your life. Things that seemed huge at the time start to seem so small because you realize how big your God is compared to your issues, right? When you're obedient, it puts you in a position where you're humbled and you're looking up at God and you're seeing what he's doing with you. He's see, you're seeing what he's doing through you. He's doing, you see what he's doing around you, right? And it puts you in that position, right? It's awesome. And then lastly, uh, obedience brings a qualification. I don't have any scripture for this because I have the scripture, and there's nobody in the scripture that I've been able to find. If you find somebody, come tell me. But there's nobody in the scripture that I've been able to find that, wasn't, that was qualified when God called them, right? Nobody. They got the qualification after they took that step of faith and they were obedient, right? Uh, I'm going to look at Moses, for example. Moses was not qualified. He was an outcast, from Egypt. He had ran. He was a shepherd. 
he had a, a speech impediment. He couldn't talk, right? And God, God called him. And Moses even said, God, like, what are you doing? Who am I that I should go do this? Do you, do you know my track record? Do you know what I've done? I'm not qualified. And God said, I'm qualifying you. If you take that step of faith, not knowing what's going to happen, I'm going to qualify you, right? And because of that, because Moses took that step of faith and he was obedient, God qualified him. God used him to lead Israel out of Egypt to do miracles, right? God qualified and God elevated him. And God is the same yesterday as he is today as he is tomorrow. And what he did through Moses, he wants to do through you and more, right? How good is that? Whew. All right. I got two minutes. The thing about obedience, though, is it's not always easy. Sometimes it's a little bit scary. Sometimes you don't understand what's going on. You're like, God, what in the world? Why would I ever have to do that, right? It's not always easy. Our job, though, is to be obedient and trust that he's got the rest. And when you fall, because you will fall, you will fall, you'll mess up. Our job is to fall, fall forward, get back up, learn for next time, right? Because there's going to be a next time. God will always provide, God is a God of second chances, right? I think about that little Veggie Tales movie. Oh, God is God of second chances. But anyways, and you learn for next time. God's not calling you to be perfect. He's not calling you to be successful, to have all the answers. Those are good things. I'm not discrediting those things. You should, you should want those. But what God is calling you to do is just to be obedient and let him take care of the rest, all right? So I got about a minute left, and uh, whew, I'm going, that goes quick. Okay, so I'm going to end with a challenge real quick, because I think every good message has a challenge. My challenge for you this morning is to be obedient, right? God cares about the 9.30 to 11, but if you're, not being, if you're only being obedient during the 9.30 to 11, and you're not being obedient during the 11 to 9.30 of the next week, there's an issue there. God wants you to be obedient. 24-7, right? The call that God has in your life, the message that you possess is so powerful that when it hits on fertile soil, it doesn't just change the course of somebody's life. It doesn't just change the course of their generations, right? It changes the course of their eternity. And it's important when you get that because it makes things that, it, it puts you in the position where things start to seem small. That fear starts to go away. Whew, about 10 seconds. Anyways, you may be the only Jesus. You may be the only church that somebody sees. So when God calls you to be obedient, run after that enthusiastically and test him and see where he goes. Amen? Amen. All right, that's time. Praise God. Amen. Exciting. And I've known all of them for many years and they've poured into uh, many of the church family, and it's just exciting to see uh, what God is doing in and through their lives. Stand with me, if you would, please. Uh, we want to close the service, but we want to also uh, just provide opportunity. I don't know if uh, any of the three by ten have to be somewhere quickly, but if you're able to to minister to people, and if they come forward, and so you guys can be dismissed. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward also. Uh, maybe you need prayer for something. You need hands laid upon you. Maybe something that was spoken here this morning. 
that spoke to you, resonated with you. And you say, you know what? Will you just pray for me? Pray for me in this area where I need strength or I need, I need boldness in this area or, or what you talked about church and I've been feeling disconnected. I need to get connected, whatever it is. Maybe it's something that wasn't spoken. You just feel you need hands laid upon you maybe for a healing, something in your body. These are safe people. They're here for you today. Uh, if you don't have to leave right away, take advantage of that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here today. Lord, the words that went forth, the challenge, that we draw near to you and you will draw near to us. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through this church. And Lord, that this is not a one man, a woman show. This is your body. This is your people. Everyone doing their part, Father God. Help us to see and to recognize our part and help us to step out in faith and be obedient to what you've called us to be. I bless the people of God, everyone here today and those maybe listening by, by audio. We just speak peace over them now. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.